Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited about this episode. This is a book club episode. And if you haven't checked it out, the book that we are reading this month is Wealth Habits by Candy Valentino. And I have a really cool guest on today to discuss this book. Before I jump in, I'm going to tell you, this is a book that I wrote all over. You know, normally I have a bazillion post-its and everything. This one I wrote all in the book and I also have a whole notepad and to-do list. So this is a great episode, but get ready. You might want to take some notes. So before we jump in, let me introduce my guest and my friend, Stephanie Real. Stephanie Real is a brand strategist and a marketing consultant and the founder of Real Deal Brands. And I always love that because you know somebody's great at marketing when their company name is just so on point. So she started her first business at the age of 22 before she even graduated college. And since starting that first business, she's helped everyone from small business owners to Fortune 10 build and grow their businesses by crafting marketing strategy that drives visibility, generates leads, and nurtures those leads to convert. In her personal time, she enjoys taking vacations to the beach. Oh, I love that. I actually read this at the pool, <laughs> uh, discussing personal development and wellness and soaking up every special moment with her dog, Teddy. What, what kind of dog is he? He's a schnoodle. So schnauzer and poodle. Yeah. Oh, a schnoodle. I've never heard of that. Cool. Well, I'm so excited, Stephanie, to have you on the show. And you know, we love dogs here. So. Oh, I know. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited to talk about this book today. Yes, it's a great book. I'm excited to jump into this book. If you haven't picked up this book, I there is an audiobook. I do encourage you to get the hard copy. Maybe if you are reading the audiobook, get the hard copy so you can write in it. I know you people who love the books to be clean and pretty. This is not one of those books. <laughs> no, and there's all the amazing breakout sections where you, there actually is space to write and workshop and I love I love that because you can take action right when you're reading it, which is so, that's like one of my favorite parts about this whole book. It's it's really tangible, which is right in line for Candy and how she does all things in life. So I love it. Yeah. So let's start off by just giving a summary of the book. If you were to describe this book and what they're in for when they pick it up, how would you describe it? I, you know, I think it's equal parts, a how-to build wealth and keep more wealth, but also the inner work that you need to do to get there and live an abundant life. Because wealth is a lot of different things to me. And I think that this book really does an amazing job of covering not only the tangible pieces, how do we become more wealthy, have that financial freedom and keep more of our money in our pockets, but, um, but also what's that inner work that we have to do to become that person that is abundant and that can receive all those pieces too. So that's how I would describe it. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because we all have our own financial story. You know, maybe we grew up with parents who said things like, 
we can't afford that, or you're not a trust fund kid, or, you know, all those things, that baggage that we carry from our parents. And what I love about this book is she kicks right off by addressing that. And then, as you mentioned, she has the, this is what you should do. One of the other really cool parts about this book is, you know, I've read some financial books that like tell you what to do. And by like page two, I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about like way over my head. And so I always like equate it to math. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at money. And so when we get a book like that, that's over our head by page two, it just like reinforces that, well, I'm never going to be good at money because I can't even understand page two. But this book is not that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of my favorite parts is how approachable it is because it Mm -hmm. makes what could be really complex things or things that you know, we haven't learned before, but are so important, um, so approachable and so simple to understand. And um, that's so important because you're right. It can be really intimidating. And I think if we get to that page two of the book and we don't understand it, it just feeds into our money story again of not being able to, to hit that next level and we can keep ourselves stuck. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so she breaks her book up into four habits And we're going to go through all four, I'm sorry, six habits, right? Yeah, six habits. Why did I say four? Oh, four on the first page. Uh, So there's six habits and we will go through all of them. But as Stephanie alluded to, one of the first things she does is really talk about that money story and why we may be feeding into our own story of keeping us broke, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the that's the the kicker, right? Sometimes yeah. we don't want to hear that. We're like, I'm learning all the things. I'm, I'm doing all these things. I'm going to all the seminars. I'm, I'm reading the books, but it's not happening. But I think mm-hmm. we get in our own way when we're not able to really have that self-reflection and, and understand it. There's no shame or right and wrong with whatever that money story was in your household growing up, whether it was, you know, um, oh, we can't afford that or, mm-hmm. um, you know, the value of a dollar or whatever the lesson might've been in that childhood. But like, we have to get to know that so that we can stop attracting it. I'm very woo and all about energy. And I think that there is very much an energy with Mm -hmm. our mindset around money and it can, we can block it a lot of times. Yeah. And I, I love when she starts off, you know, she basically says how the BS you hear could be keeping you broke. And, you know, I grew up in a, in a household, which I don't mind sharing is that my parents were very much, my dad worked for one company his entire life. My mom, I think has been at her current company for like 30, 40 years. Like she is waiting for her watch. Wow. And so I grew up in that environment of, you know, the company is going to take care of you. You get a job with a pension, you go to college and and things have changed a lot since you know my parents grew up but but the the days of the watches and the pensions are i mean you might still get a watch but the pensions are pretty much out of here and i think that contributed to my money story especially when i became an entrepreneur it was like oh you know back in uh 1972 your uncle had a business and he he didn't make it you know yeah yeah Oh my gosh. It's so true. I, I'm a father or I'm the, my father was an, he emigrated to the United States. He was born in Germany. And so he very much, 
first generation American, I was taught everything's really hard and the importance of education and all those pieces and, you know, and um, that learning being such a priority. And I'm so grateful for that. But I also see where that got in my way a lot, too, especially building my first business. I believed it had to be hard. So I built it out of alignment. I didn't have a goal in mind. And just so many things that I've reflected on and done the work to unravel now that it makes a lot of sense. But Mm -hmm. it also wasn't maybe my story. It was a story I adopted from parents. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it's very similar for you. And I think probably very similar for all of us, because a lot of times we learn by seeing it or or understanding it um, Mm -hmm. from our surroundings. And so that can really stick with us and it changes how we show up. It changes maybe the business we build, changes a lot of things. So it, it really can, it really can be a big impact to your ability to create and live in that abundant place for the yeah. future too. Yeah. And I think this is a book for men and women, but if I could talk about women for a minute, I know both you and I have worked with a lot of women entrepreneurs I hired a lot of women when I was in corporate America. And and I always love to share that as a hiring manager, 20, like 2,700 people came through my department. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Every single man, every single man countered the offer. Until my last year, I was doing that for like 14 years. Until my last year, not a single woman had ever countered until one girl did, and one lady, and she countered. And all the guys were like, Who does she think she is? Like, I'm like, You guys, this is a sales position. If she doesn't counter, like, we should be wondering, like, are they going to be good at sales? Yeah. And it yeah, was like, Negotiation. Sh- yeah. You need that. So skill. shocking. Yeah. Uh, that she was the first one. And then the reaction was, whoa, I can't believe she countered. But I worked for a company that realized that. And so they usually did give a higher and better offer to women because they're like, they're probably not going to counter. Whereas men, and not that this is right, but whereas men, they're like, oh, he's going to counter. We'll give him here and then we'll land here. Oh, yeah. Um, But I think that all goes back to that money story. I know as an entrepreneur, I have clients who are like, well, I I charge this. I'm like, you should charge triple that. Like all the time you're spending on that. And it's, it's that, that belief about the value of money and time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a story, a lesson I had to learn early on in my business because I started my business. I was 22 years old. I had, like you mentioned in my intro, it's like, I think back now and I had no idea what I was doing in a lot of ways. I was learning as I was going, didn't know what I didn't know, but I was fearless because I was really young and didn't know any better. It was like the beauty of being youthful. But um, I, I, I really, I've worked with a lot of mentors and coaches primarily um, have hired females to help me through those pieces. Um, My father was my original mentor. He passed away um, in Mm -hmm. 2013. So um, I'm grateful for the lessons that he gave me along the way, but, um, but also as I've evolved in my career, I needed a little extra support. And I, early on with one of my first coaches, she helped me increase my prices because mm-hmm. I even, I struggled with that. I was like, oh, you know, and knowing the worth and the value and thinking about it more from that value perspective than 
maybe the amount of hours since I'm yeah. in the service-based industry and then changing that mindset. But you're right. It all, it can all be traced back to maybe something I heard about money when I was little, something, um, something I witnessed about other jobs I had had along the mm-hmm. way. Um, and I think even some of that to your point of seeing how women were treated in some of the work environments I was in early in my career, yeah. it, it, it really, it does shape us and it's really powerful and empowering to take that story back, to know it and to get to change mm-hmm. it. So that's what I love the most about how the book starts out is it's really, it requires you to get a little honest with yourself and mm-hmm. how it started, but such amazing transformation can come from that when we're really honest about kind of what, what we learned, what's going on and what we're going to do about it. So, yeah. And in the book, she has an assessment. Like if you're trying to figure out where you're at on your ability to attract money or to build your wealth, there is a little assessment that you can take and it gives you some recommendations. But in chapter one, there's really some core concepts of, you know, building your belief, which I think is the most important. We've talked about that being your own champion. I think that is so important. You know, everybody has life experiences and especially when you're talking about family members, I don't think any family member wakes up in the day and is like, how can I ruin their spirit today? (laughs) But they do say things like, you know, when I was first going on my entrepreneurial journey, like when are you going to get a real job? Like what I was doing was fake or you know, whatever that was. Lots of people have businesses. In fact, if I were to get a real job, it would be at a business, which is even funnier. <laughs> it's like, it's funny, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Um, and then they talk about, she talks about being solution focused. And then I love this number six for the seven core commitments is being a swift decision maker. Yes. Mm-hmm. So many times the reason we're not moving forward in our wealth building, our businesses, our careers is because we, we keep ourselves in that limbo of, well, I I haven't decided yet when I win the lottery, when I move, when I get the promotion, then I'll do this. When in reality, when we stay in that limbo, it, it keeps us from growing and really building that wealth. Yeah, we're holding ourselves back if we do it that way. Just like anything, it's the same with life of, mm-hmm. oh, you know, when I'm this size, then I'll then I'll get I'll get that. Or when I'm mm-hmm. um, you know, when I've hit this business milestone, then I'll then I'll join that mastermind or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I think that we often create that criteria for ourselves and then we just keep ourselves stuck. Yeah. So it's I love that. I love that too because it's something that so often we can miss out on if we take too long. Mm-hmm. And I think also the be a swift decision maker, I love that too. But I, it, for me, it also reminds me of the times where I've been an overthinker and maybe uh-huh. I missed out on an opportunity because I thought about it too long and it, it was gone. And so I think yeah. that that's another piece, especially when we're thinking about kind of who we are and how we're showing up in the world, having that conviction. I think you called out the be your own champion. That's a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. We have to believe in ourselves to be able to make those quick decisions. So it kind of layers on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so many times like, well, I'll start investing once I get a raise, once I have more money, then I'll start saving. I don't have enough money to start saving right now, or, you know, it'll all be better when my business hits this threshold. 
And the reality is, you know, we all know the value of compound interest. She does talk about that in the book. Like I'll start saving for retirement once I get here. And the reality is it takes a lot more work when you wait. Yeah. And you can start small. I think she alludes to that and talks about that a lot in the book too, of like, it doesn't have to be this grandiose, oh, I need this much money to start investing. You can start small and even Mm -hmm. just start saving a little bit more that you can still be living within your means, but that you're not, um, not holding yourself back because like you said, the compounding interest, you're missing out on that opportunity and that ability to even have something that starts small, start building on itself. The longer you wait to start, the more you're missing out on there. So, yeah. And then wealth habit two is really learning your way to wealth. So she talks about compound dividends, self-education, and then the lessons that we didn't learn in school. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, I'm so glad I know how to measure the sides of a triangle. I have used that like a million times. No offense to anybody who uses geometry. Uh, often. I'm happy they use it. I do not. I yes, would much I, rather learned about finances and 401ks and all of those things. That filling are out my helpful. taxes. Yeah. Oh like gosh. That yeah. That would have been so helpful. But yes, I agree. That was one of my favorite parts of the book because I... I'm very passionate about financial literacy. I'm, I am grateful. And it was a privilege. I went to a school where we had junior achievement as a program. So we got to like learn a little bit about finances. We picked stocks and followed them for a year and things that, um, I was, I'm grateful. I was in some ways learning at home too, but it was Mm -hmm. a great conversation starter with my parents to be like, Hey, I have this assignment. I'm, I'm doing these, you know, I have to pick these stocks. And to get to do that and to even have that visibility and awareness, because so many don't. Um, I actually have a a good friend of mine. She's a volunteer for Junior Achievement now. And it's like the coolest thing because it's like so many, it it would be so much more worthwhile to learn that or to learn maybe about our nervous systems and like how to manage stress or communication than like you're saying, the size of a triangle or whatever else. Um, the world you know, what, war uh, oh, yeah. in 18, whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, but is that really like something I need to know now? And I think that's, I always struggled in school. I was, I never really enjoyed it. I didn't, I, I would have stopped going much earlier if that was an option for me. But again, immigrant parent, I had to go to school. Um, but it was, it, it was always really clear to me that you learn so much by doing or that self-education mm-hmm. out in the world. And so I love that that chapter talks so much about that. I, I felt really, mm-hmm. it might sound silly, but I felt really seen and, and understood because I've learned so much from that self-education too. And I think there's so much that school doesn't teach us. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that she talks about, you know, some things that you need to learn and she really talks about playing the long game that it's, you need to get into that game early. And I think so many people out there these days, and especially some of the younger, younger people who are like trying to make it on TikTok. Like, I just need one to get viral. And the reality is it is a long game and things yeah. change over time. So the longer you wait to get in the game, the the longer it will take for you to see those payouts and benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the second lesson is, to just show up anyway. Yeah. And I learned that a lot in my business. You know, I was like talking to no one on live streams at the beginning. And now I get referrals. I'm like, I don't even know how you found me. They're like, oh, way back when, 
you know, and I didn't, I don't realize that, but I think that's where just keeping, keep showing up because the more you show up, the more you learn, the more things happen. And then number three, nothing is owed to you and nobody's coming to save you. There is no Prince Charming. She talks a lot about in that section, you know, that you, you do have to work hard and and you got that message growing up too, but that, you know, there is this power of gratitude as well, being grateful for what you have. Oh yeah. I, that's such a beautiful theme throughout the book because I think, um, on the woo side of me, you know, when you are in gratitude, it is, it's a higher frequency. It's a higher vibration. You attract better things. Um, and I think we can get, especially with social media and especially with, you know, these quote unquote overnight sensations, maybe they've been working yeah. for 10 years, but now you know who they are because of Instagram or for TikTok or whatnot. Yeah. I, we get caught up in the race and the competition mm-hmm. of it all and the and being stuck in comparison, but also thinking it's supposed to be really mm-hmm. quick. Like snap our fingers and it happens. It's like the vending machine effect. Oh, I'm hungry. I put this quarter in or dollar 50 or whatever a vending machine is now. I get what I want. I think you could swipe your card now. I mean, yeah, I was like, I'm dating myself here by saying (laughs) you put in quarters. People don't even carry quarters anymore, but it's that instant gratification that society has taught us is what's expected. And that's just not the reality in building a business as we both know. It's also not the reality in building wealth either. It takes a long time. And a lot of those really amazing investments that we make, whether it's in ourselves um, and just showing up for your business, even when nobody's on the live, um, or if it's an investment you're making for for business or for your wealth generation, a lot of those best paying investments take a very long time to come to fruition. And so it's um, that art of showing up and being able to continue to do the work, even when you're not seeing that immediate benefit is so powerful. Yeah. And wealth habit three is earning your way to wealth. And and I just want to share with everybody, both Stephanie and I are entrepreneurs, but this is not a book just for entrepreneurs. And this one really hit home, earning your way to wealth. And the, the first one is the secret is to have multiple streams of income. That is the secret. And one of them could be your job. <laughs> that could be yeah. the job you're sitting in, but that doesn't need to be the only stream of income. Oh yeah. And I loved that she brought up a lot of different ways that you could make Mm -hmm. kind of additional money. Maybe you start an eBay shop and you're flipping things. Um, You know, there's a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be a business. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be what your friend is doing. It it can be aligned for you and still make a lot of sense and, and be something that's joyful, but maybe a little bit more passive. Maybe it's a rental property, Um, but there's a lot of different ways to accomplish that. And it's really um, that diversity of income mm-hmm. sources is where it really starts to get interesting. Yeah. And I like the ideas that she has about, you know, you could be, have a job, you can have a business on the side. It doesn't necessarily have to be a business that you're doing, you know, 40 hours in your job and then 40 hours in your business. We're not trying to tell you to burn yourself out. But uh, one example, you know, I have a a client who she's great. She has a job. And then she just bought this car wash on the side. 
and she found somebody to be the manager. And she's like, I just pop in every once in a while and I run the payroll. It's not like she said, it's not, it's not going to, I don't make enough money to quit my job, but I do have enough money to then buy real estate. Yeah. And so that's how she's doing that. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And and she's like, I know nothing about car washes. Hey, that's, that's a dream scenario though, because the other thing that I just heard you say for her is it's giving her the capital that she can then go and make her money work for her in a different way which yep. Candy talks a lot about in the book as well of, yep. and alludes to a lot. Um, but that is, the, that's the true way to build wealth because it's not, you're not trading time for money, which is when you yeah. burn out. It is when you tie yourself up and you cap your potential and you cap your wealth potential too. So yeah, because there's it. only so many hours in a day. Yeah, and, and I always think I have a client who was uh, doing, she's a web designer. She's really great and I love her. And um one year she said, I want to double my revenue. And, you know, I I'm her coach. So I sat there for a minute and I said, are you willing to work double the hours? Oh no, 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 no. I said, well, you charge hourly. So you either are going to need to hire somebody or you're going to have to change how you price out your services because the math isn't working here. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a, it was a hard lesson at first because I think so many times as business owner, well, as people in general, we're so proud of what we've created. And she's like, I worked really hard on my pricing and my website and blah, blah, blah. And, And that's all fine and good. But if this is your goal, we need to make that realistic for you because I don't think you want to work 24 hours a day or do you need to? Yeah. Oh, such a good, such a hard lesson, such a good lesson. Cause we have to let go of that old version of ourselves to really yeah. step into the new version. And that's the same with, with building wealth too, especially if you have a money story of, you know, oh, I can't afford it. You're mm-hmm. probably approaching a lot of things from a space of scarcity or lack yeah. instead of that abundance. And you're going to see opportunities a different way than somebody who's already rewired their brain to see mm-hmm. the abundance, to see the opportunity and to know that even in even in a town, a downtime or a recession, there's still a lot of opportunity around. It's all about how you frame it. And I know she, Candy talks about this throughout the book and other places I'm jumping around a little bit, but I think that that's really, that's what comes to mind when you share that story. Cause it's like, you have to let that other version go. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it's easy. There's probably tears. Yeah. It's probably a very emotional process, but that's how you get to step into that new version of you, whether it's your business, whether it's your career, yeah. whether it's building wealth and embodying who you want to be and what you want your life to be like, and ultimately to get more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also goes back to making quick decisions because you yeah, can sit exactly. in that forever. And she knew I don't, she doesn't want to work with people. Like yeah. she doesn't want to manage people. Not that she's yeah. not a people person, but she's like, I don't want to manage somebody. So that was not the road. <laughs> yeah. So she had to do something, but she was able to make that switch really quick. So yeah. wealth habit two is all about earning your way to wealth. Uh, it's you can start a business, you can start a side hustle, you can use your talents to be able to then make money so that then you can go out and use it for revenue generating streams. And I think there's so many opportunities out there. If you do start a business, you know, becoming 
the best in your business is awesome. But I also think about, you know, there's so many people out there nowadays that want to buy things from people that they know are using them. And, you know, I think about Peloton, they still pay like a hundred dollars or something every time you refer them. And there's so many similar businesses out there that are like that, that want you to review those things. You're probably not going to, you know, become a millionaire by promoting those type of things, but it's a great way to have a little separate in- side income stream. Oh yeah. I love that you brought up those affiliates. That's something that I, I know is in the book too, but it's such for those products that we all love and that we're using every day anyway, maybe it's your Peloton, maybe it's your favorite tea company. It, yeah. Finding out if they have a referral program or an, an affiliate program, it might be for every 10 people you refer, you get a free bag of tea. It might be, you know, maybe yeah. something like that, or it might be money for every single sale that you refer. Yeah. Just an awesome way to just build up a little bit more. It It's not going to make you, you know, Steve Jobs overnight or uh, yeah. Bezos overnight, but it at least it can free up and lighten the load a little bit. And I think even if you flipped things on eBay, um, yeah. uh, maybe stuff that's in your closet that you're not even using, you could consign or put on Poshmark or something like that. It mm-hmm. just it's just a little way to add a little bit more cushion. It mm-hmm. and it adds up over time too, right? I mean, yeah. that's the amazing thing. And it's always good. Like you get this little. Ding in your bank account. You're like, it feels so good. It's a dopamine hit. Who doesn't love that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wealth habit number four is saving your way to wealth. And this is a jam packed chapter. Um, Some really great lessons here. So, what would be your key takeaways from this chapter? Oh, my gosh. I think my biggest takeaway, because I, I think that this is the opposite of the narrative that's out in the ethos is not living without outside your means. Mm -hmm. And this is something that Candy talks about a lot um, in a lot of her content. She talks about it in the book. Um, But I think it's such an important reminder because we live in that, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pose with the private jet society on, you know, post it on Instagram. Let me stand in front of this fancy car and take a picture and pretend it's mine. And I just think that that creates a culture of spending and not saving. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, if we're really going to save, we also have to be really honest about what we're spending our money on and Mm -hmm. getting really smart about our expenses. I know that this is, if you are a business owner, it's a really great practice to do this for your business Mm -hmm. every month. Where am I spending, you know, having good bookkeeping, being able to see those pieces where you can track your expenses. And if you're not using a tool, getting rid of it, not just keeping it to have it. Um, But I think that we don't often do that maybe in life. And that's, a big part of saving too, is if we can reduce how much we're spending, we're saving there too. So, um, yeah. And, and you brought this, this up. She talks about having like a monthly meeting yeah. and I'm not sure state if it's in union. this chapter. I'm not sure if it's future. in this chapter, but she does talk about it. State of the union, um, which is huge, but I think you can do that personally, even yes. if you don't have a business. Yeah. And I think that's a great practice because, you know, I I think about how easy it is. You know, I grew up before debit cards. I'm dating myself, but you think about how easy it is. You just sign up for that membership and then you're you haven't gone to the gym or you haven't gotten that tanning membership. You haven't done that because you've been busy but yet they're still charging you that 20 bucks and they don't really, they're never sending you an email like, 
Hey, haven't seen you in a while. You still want your membership? Like that is not happening. <laughs> no, not at uh, all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And so that state of the union, I think is a great practice, whether you're in business, you have a, a career and a job, you just have a personal thing. I, a personal, you know, meeting with yourself, maybe your spouse, if you're in a relationship or your partner. And I think it's so easy to avoid, you know, back in the day, we used to have to reconcile our checkbooks. I'm not even sure why we had to do that, but we, we like had to do it. It was like required. And remember, (laughs) yeah. And it was a great way to be like, Whoa, I spent a ton of money at you know, Walmart or wherever. Yeah. And what did I even buy? Or I bought all these clothes. And so I think it's a really great practice to have that state of the union. And she even has an agenda in the book, like how to go through it. But when, when talking about money, going back to the beginning, burying our heads in the sand is not the way you'll build wealth for generational wealth. Yeah. Um, And this whole chapter is, and I love this, how is all about how to give as little money legally as possible to the IRS. And That's my she, personal favorite chapter just in general, but yes, not spending a lot also helps, but yeah, there's a lot of really smart strategies and Hey, it's the tax law. We're just using it to our advantage, but, mm-hmm. um, but it does, it makes such a difference to be able to be educated on different ways, different loopholes, things like the Augusta rule that's been around forever because yeah. of our, our friends at the masters in Augusta. Um, but it's yeah. like these different things that you could be using to your advantage that maybe you didn't know about before. I mean, there's so much and in great information in this section yeah. altogether, but that was, that's one of the ones that I think a lot of people don't know about that can be helpful too. Well, and you referred to the Augusta rule. And so basically this is where you can rent your own house to your business for a certain amount of money every year. And it's tax-free. Whereas if you were to go rent a venue and I'm not a tax person, but she explains it it all in the book of how you can do these things. And so many times people who are in business or even just in life are paying the tax man a lot of money. And there's some great strategies that you can use to keep more money in your pocket. And if you don't plan for that, if you just wait till the end of the year on April 15th and try and do that, you're not maximizing those opportunities. So she does recommend making sure, you know, she, she says in the book in one chapter, you know, I'm all about DIY, DIY. Um, I'm all about do it yourself, but there are times when you need help and a strategist. And so that could be some of the best money you ever spend is figuring out not only getting somebody to do your taxes, but figuring out before it's time to do your taxes, what's the best way to maximize your opportunities? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that you can definitely find a little bit more intention and be more Mm -hmm. strategic when you have somebody who knows the tax law, who's certified and able to give you that advice. But I think she outlines a lot of really great things. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you're, even if you have children, different ways that you Mm -hmm. can pay them money and give them money each year tax-free. And this is again, all in the tax code and a licensed tax professional will be able to help you be able to kind of get your bearings down on what works for you and what's best for your tax situation. Um, Because everything is a little bit different, but yeah, it's, I think they're the ultimate like way to 
play the game of life, so to speak, is if we can hire experts that can help us get there quicker or be more efficient. And this to me is just all efficiency. And if we can hire the right person to help us be more efficient, we can keep a lot more money in our pocket, which is going to help us build more wealth too. So that's amazing. You know, somebody said this to me one time and it really stuck with me that building wealth, if you think about the game of Monopoly, many people go around the board and just collect their $200. But if you're not investing in properties in Monopoly, that would be like, if you're not playing the wealth game, that'd be like going a Monopoly, not buying a single property and just going around and be like, well, every year I get $200. And that's the difference is she's talking about building wealth for the future. And yes, there are risks. Sometimes you buy a property, you land on a property, you have to pay the tax man. But we all know the game of Monopoly. And it's about how many properties you can get because that's how you win the game. And how many things can you invest in that are bringing in money? I just love that analogy. Monopoly is my favorite board game. My dad was in real estate development. So we played Monopoly a lot in my house growing up. (laughs) I love it. And in this chapter, this is a really meaty chapter. So we're spending a little more time on here. I love chapter 14. Trusts aren't just for rich kids anymore. And she really outlines why everybody should have a trust, should know, tells them the difference between the type of trust and how that really not only solidifies your wealth strategy for future generations, but your impact. Because so many people want to make an impact before they leave this planet. And that's the way to truly ensure that you are leaving that impact and that legacy. Absolutely. And that it's happening the way that you want it to, too. I know mm-hmm. I have a couple of friends that are in, they're in estate planning. Um, you know, they're the, the legal side of it. And I, it's always wild to me to hear some of the horror stories where there wasn't that kind of entity set up. And then Mm -hmm. unfortunately someone dies. It's, it's the reality of life there. That is, you know, that's what's going to happen. But if you don't have it designated, it can get caught up in probate and all these different things where, um, or have it not be used in the way that maybe your loved one um, would have intended or would have wanted it to be received. So it's, it's also like a really sentimental and, um, just like really hard topic if you don't have it set up. And I love that she shared that because I think that that societal belief is that, oh, you know, trust fund kid, oh, you're just a rich kid. But there is such a beauty and power in being able to set up a trust and have it properly Mm -hmm. designate. It, It would help your business transfer, you know, or real estate to your heirs. And it sets it up so that it doesn't get murky in the middle and yeah. you're going to have it be as efficient of a process as possible. So, yeah, that's a really great chapter. I took a ton of notes on, on wealth habit number four, and then she moves into wealth habit number five, investing your way to wealth. And this chapter really hit home for a couple reasons. I think many times women are nervous about this, like, oh, investing in real estate, the stock market, like, oh, that's scary. It is. I, um, I've had some conversations about this topic recently because, um, you know, there's more and more women who are starting to talk about it and at least have the conversation, but it's, 
it's scary or it seems foreign. I think also our money story plays into that a lot of yep. not, you know, not setting ourselves up or not thinking that it's even accessible to us because maybe, maybe we don't have a certain dollar amount in the bank account and you think you have to have a certain dollar amount to buy a stock. Mm-hmm. Um, but I approach stocks the same way I approach them in junior achievement. I, yeah. I pick it first, see what it's doing for, I usually do 90 days personally, just to see what's going on. And then I make a decision if I'm going to buy it or not. Yeah. Um, and I think that what I loved about this chapter is it makes it really easy to understand different options, things like the 401k and stocks. And it also helps you see that you don't have to have some grandiose amount of money to get started. You can yeah. start on a smaller scale, something that works in your budget. And if you've yeah. done your state of the union, you know what that is. And then you can really get some comfortability because at least for me, the only way I have ever really learned something is by trying it. So I love that Candy really mm-hmm. breaks down different different options, different retirement plans and um, different things that unfortunately they don't teach us in school, but are so important to know and they can set us up. Or if you're a parent and you have kiddos, you can set your kids up for life. If you take some of these strategies and implement them when they're young and create a retirement account for them, which is the ultimate goal, right? With generational wealth. So it's really, I love how she breaks a lot of those different options down and what the differences are too. Yeah. And back to that school thing, I think that's why that's one of the habits, you know, one of the habits is learning your way to wealth. And I think so many times we feel like we need a formal education or anything like that. But nowadays you can buy a course, you can ask your friends, you can be in a financial membership. There's so many ways that you can really learn, but the reality is you need to get in the game and that's waiting is what will hurt you long-term. Absolutely. And then chapter six, giving your way to wealth. I love this chapter. It's one of my favorites. If you were to feeling you were going to say that, (laughs) (laughs) if you were to summarize this chapter, what's this chapter? Oh my gosh. You know, I think the summarize, I'm so, I'm so, I ramble so much. It's hard for me to summarize, but I think, I think there's the, you know, the, For me, it's the bigger picture of, yes, wealth is amazing. Yes, we all want to be able to build it. But um, the real beauty is being in a place where you also get to make an impact for others and contribute. And that's something that is so genuine for who Candy is as a person and a lot Mm -hmm. of her content that she shares on social media. Um, But it's just in her, and I know that she says this in the book, but it's, it's really what having wealth is all about is being able to, Mm -hmm. to make a difference and to contribute. And so, um, it's all about ways to do that. And really when you are abundant, you get to share that abundance. And like, that's Mm -hmm. so special and such a beautiful part of wealth that isn't just the making the money, but like, then when I have, when I have the wealth, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that what I love about that chapter is there's some practical reasons why you might want to consider making an impact by being charitable, some tax implications where you can save money. Like if you're going to give the money up anyway, like choose the nonprofit rather than the IRS. I mean, nothing against the IRS, but you know, we'd rather we'd rather give it to a place where we get to decide what that impact is. And I think that is so cool. And, you know, I'm a big nonprofit 
person. I work with a lot of nonprofits and, you know, nonprofits really to solve the problems that they're trying to solve. It's nice for them to get, you know, physical donations. It's nice for you to help at their fundraiser with your time. But the reality is they really need the money to do that work and the way that they are structured. And so being involved in those things is not only impactful for for that organization, but it's really impactful for, for individuals as well. Yeah. I love that she goes into that in the book too, where she talks about like the, like the nervous system benefits um, and the body benefits of doing good and contributing, like lowering your blood pressure, increasing your confidence. Um, Mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of Jay Shetty's work and he even talks about how, when you, when you embark on having some kind of a service activity with your partner, it can make you more connected and fulfilled. Like, so yes, those are maybe selfish reasons, quote unquote, but uh, just an added benefit of the impact that you can make um, to be able to do good, but then also you get to feel really good too, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of my favorite uh, books that we've read in the book club because our book club's all about reading the book, but working the book. And she gives a lot. I mean, there there's a lot of great stuff in here. There's a lot of concepts and, and theory, but she gives very actionable steps that you can take today. You don't need to wait, but this is also a book that you can go back to and refer to. I think I, I put on here, like, I mean, there's, I don't know if you can see that, but there's like tables and tabs and, and worksheets and ways that you can really come back to it. And I would love if I like wrote down all my stuff, I'm going to put this in a notebook and then come back in a year and retake that little quiz and see where I'm at after that. Um, especially holding those state of the union meetings. I think it's so I was just going to say that's during your state of the union. We have an action item. I love it. Yeah. During those state of the unions and really chat tracking, you know, where, where we start and then where we're going, because I think that's the coolest part about this book is it's, it's not just theory. It's not just education. It's actionable. Yeah. And it's so simple and approachable too. It's like, you can start no matter where you're at, especially if you're honest and you're doing your state of the union, or even just looking at where your money is going each month, that you can be Mm -hmm. more mindful, you know, work to live in your means if you're living out of your means, which I know so many of us are, but Mm -hmm. it's just, it's something that really can make such a big impact if you have those foundational pieces. And I, it's just such an awesome tool, the charts and the lists and everything. It's such a, it's almost like a workbook. It's really one of my favorite books too, because it is really easy to implement, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, So I know you may have the opportunity. I may have the opportunity too, but I always like to ask at the end of the episode, if you had the opportunity to ask the author one question, what would you ask? I actually think I would know her answer to my question because I know Candy. (laughs) But, um, but I think I, one of my questions or my question, the one that comes to mind is of her journey. I mean, and in the book, she talks a little bit about kind of her journey to where she is now and, and, um, all of her amazing knowledge, but I'd be really curious to know what's one thing she would do differently. Because Mm. I think I, I look at failure in kind of a weird way where I don't necessarily think it's a failure, quote unquote, if we learn from it. And I think we can learn so much from some someone else's steps and what they've done. 
And so that would be my big question is just what's one thing that you would do differently or approach differently. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that would be my question for Candy. I love it. I, I also would have a similar question, but I think since you already took that one, (laughs) I would say my next question would be how, how could we, or how, or where could we send women who are really looking to learn more about investing and getting a handle on building that type of wealth? You know, is it a female investor club or are there resources out there? Because I think that's where women really struggle. And so I would ask her about, you know, what would she suggest for somebody who, especially a female who's looking just now to start on investing? That's an amazing question. Yeah. So maybe we'll send that to her. I was like, Andy, we can if send both of those to her episode, and find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is such a great book. I, I absolutely love it. And then everyone we have on the show, we always ask, what other books are you reading? Right now, I am reading um, The Body Keeps the Score. I don't mm. remember the author. Um, I'm very much, I'm deep diving into neuroscience and our body and, and healing. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Jay Shetty and a lot of Lewis Howes. So I'm very much on a healing journey myself. Um, but there's this amazing, powerful connection between our nervous systems and storing trauma. And that book is all about that. And so I'm learning a lot about that. Um, and I, that, yeah, I'm like three chapters in. So I love it. Yeah. Well, if somebody's listening to this episode and they're like, I just love Stephanie, she's awesome, which is probably everyone. How would they get in touch with you? And then what might they expect? Well, expect the unexpected, probably never a dull moment. Um, But the best way to find out more about me is to go to stephaniereal.com. You'll get to be linked up to my businesses, resources, more about me. Um, I've been in a really, I, the reason I said, expect the unexpected is I've been in a season of transformation. Um, I started my, that first business at 22. I closed it last year after 13 years. And so I've been on this path of reinvention myself. And so, um, we're still in the midst of that transformation and, um, I'd love to follow along the journey and connect. And if there's anything that I can do to add value or answer any questions, I'd be happy to. So I love it. And we'll plug all that in the show notes. So you have it. Yeah. All right. Uh, So thank you all for joining us for our journey on discussing wealth habits. We hope you will be on the live book club episode or sorry, book club call bold goal crushers. You can go to sarahmayer.com slash join book club. If you're not in book club yet, you're already in book club. You know where to go after that. Our next book for June, if you're wondering what the next book is, the next book is The 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. So super excited about that book. So go out and grab it and get ready for our June reading. Awesome, Stephanie. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I always love seeing you and everyone get out there and crush your goals and everything that gets in the way. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368. 
1-800-242-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.